Before we start episode 19, I'd like to take this time to thank everyone in the healthcare industry that are trying to keep us safe. Frontline nurses and doctors, you're much appreciated. I also want to thank all my doctors and nurses, including my wife and mother, that have nursed me back to health. Thank you. Talking to the mic, brought to you by RSN Sports, best in the business, Parmar, and Brent's Plumbing. Hello, folks. Welcome to welcome to episode twenty of Talking to the Mic. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction in the state of West Virginia. A consensus. All-American tackle at West Virginia University, a man among men, a first-round draft pick in the NFL, a man, a big man with a big heart. I want to welcome Brian Josuak to the show. Big Mike, what's going on, brother? Hey, brother. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh. Before we get started, oh, hey, it's, it's my pleasure. How's the connection? I, I mean, a uh, thousand miles away from you. It's it's pretty good. Uh, there was a little bit of a static there at first, but I hear you good. Uh, okay, all right, outstanding, uh, outstanding. Hey, I appreciate you reaching out to me and 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 bringing me on and and being able to spend a little bit of time. With well, uh, the the honor's all mine, bro. Uh, it's you know, something, uh, this podcast give me something to do, stay busy. Uh, uh, I was doing some writing and, uh, lost a little bit, little bit of the use of my hand. So, uh, this was giving me as an opportunity and I've jumped all over it and enjoyed it quite frankly. Uh, but, but let's talk about you, Brian, uh, before we get started, tell the folks about your career, where you come from, uh, where you ended up, where you're, what you're doing now. Okay, how much time are you giving me, man? Uh, we got all, all <laughs> I, time I, I, can, I can speed through it pretty good. Uh, I, I'm originally uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, little little suburb called Catonsville. And uh, I grew up there. My mom and dad, uh, my dad was in the Coast Guard. My mom was from Baltimore, and, and uh, he was stationed there uh, in the harbor and, and was in the, doing some stuff. And through a friend they met and uh and I, I came along and I was fortunate enough to live in the same house and grow up and and go to the schools and graduate high school and uh I graduated high school Mike in one and uh I was a big old kid you know junior senior year in high school I you know I was a you know 200 and between 280 and and 310 during that window of time and you just didn't see that kind of size in our area over there in Maryland. And uh, there was a coach by the name of Hal Sparks, and he was at actually a different high school. He was at Mount St. Joe High School there in Baltimore. And they got a lot of recruiters come through there all the time because they had you know, great players and, and awesome grades and the whole schmear. Anyway, this guy, this guy was uh, sending uh, – you know, coaches my way, you know, you need to go look at this kid over at Caton's high school, man. He's, 
you know, they're an average football team, but this kid's like six, six, and he's like, you know, 300 pounds and, and he moves pretty good. And, you know, he just started playing football like two years ago. And, uh, anyway, so that's how the recruiting started. And you know how that works. Once, once one or two schools start recruiting you and man, they all start recruiting. And, uh, Bob Simmons showed up one day in the gym and, and, uh, I got introduced to him. And of course, he was at West Virginia at the time, among many other schools that came to visit. And I chose a, a, one of my official visits I took to West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I, I took all six of my visits. Back then, you could take six paid official visits. I don't know what it is today. But uh, I took them all. And... Uh, I actually went to Nebraska the weekend after I went to West Virginia. And wow. while I was at West Virginia, okay, you got to go back now. Uh, in that time, you could sign a letter of intent with the school. And what that did was it held a scholarship for you. But you weren't bound to that school. You weren't bound until you signed the national letter of intent now, that's much really different today but i never then, i never heard that, that? no i did What's not that? know i never heard of that even yeah that back then you signed you could sign a, what was called a letter of intent and that was a uh that was kind of a bind but it wasn't binding uh it was the national letter of intent that was signed. And I can't remember what the date was. It was always in like uh, the national letter of intent was signed like in February or something like that. Uh, 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 February 8th was the year I signed. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, it was always about that time. But, but yeah. before that, uh, like I said, I signed my letter of intent to West Virginia. And then I took a trip to Nebraska. <laughs> And they weren't real <laughs> thrilled about that. I, I remember that. Uh, but uh, the honestly, God, the Sunday I returned from the Nebraska trip, I had a conversation with my dad. He picked me up at the airport, and and uh, uh, you know, Learjet, the whole schmear, man. It was that was a first class uh, experience going and seeing Nebraska up close and personal. But uh, yeah, and, and for people that don't know, at our time. Uh, to come through in that window. If you were an offensive lineman, Nebraska oh. was a uh, place to be. Well, I mean, you know, Dave Remington. The Remington Trophy's named after him. Uh, you know, right. you had uh, uh, Boyd Epley was the strength coach there. Tommy Osborne was the head guy, and it was a machine, man, back then. And uh, anyway, I got to, I got to take a trip, but I I got on the way home with my with my dad. I was like, Dad. I need to go back to West Virginia. I'm, I'm torn. Uh, I, I, and he took off that Monday and we drove back out to West Virginia. As soon as we got into the mountains, no kidding. Uh, as soon as we, as soon as we got up into West Virginia, I was like, nah, I, I've made my decision. And, and, uh, and then, you know, that was, that was that, um, and, and the best decision I ever made in, in my life. Uh, that was, uh, you know, how you, you go through this, this journey uh, and you don't really realize it as a youngster. A lot of times you just kind of, you know, 
you kind of jump it and do it. But, you know, life's, life's nothing but, you know, forks in the road always. And you got decisions you make and choices you make. And, and, you know, the, the what ifs are always, if you'd have chose something different, but, but we don't, we, we, we make our choices and, and we make our decisions. And, uh, you know, that one, that one was, uh, that one was the right one for me. Um, and, and of course I've got the West Virginia with, with, you know, coach Nealon and his crew in 81, uh, which was the beginning of, of, you know, West Virginia's got a great, incredible football history and we can go all the way back to the you know the earliest of, of days uh you know with you know ira rogers and and the and i mean we're 125 plus years playing football now and um okay. but, but greasy neil know, to Gre- be, greasy to be part of the you know laying the block on on the foundation that was dug and and put down by the traditions and then and then to be able to, to be part of that early, uh, you know, who, who knew, you know, Nealon was going to be there 20 years and, and build what he did. And, but to be part of that in those early days was, was pretty damn special. And, uh, you know, so I, I had my time there and, and, you know, we could talk on that for, for, for hours and hours and hours, and I wouldn't get tired of it. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a, a great experience. Uh, you know, playing for a, a, a college Hall of Famer and, and Don Nealon and, and all the, the guys I got to play with, all my warrior brothers, uh, and to be part of the tradition of, of Mountaineer football. Uh, it's just, I can't even tell you how, how that uh, is, is the fiber of, of what I am today, which takes me to today. I've been 20, I've been 20 years now in uh, Florida high school football and teaching down here. Uh, this is my second county. I was in Polk County uh, early, uh, late 90s and through 2000, and then moved down here uh, to, uh, I'm at Northport High School, which is in South Sarasota County. Uh, just a just a, a stone throw to the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, it's, it's, it's nice. I enjoy doing what I do. Uh, you know, working with the kids and, and coaching the game and teaching. I've taught all kinds of stuff. I primarily work with uh, ESE kids. And, uh, it, you know, I, I, I've, had a, I've had a great run. I'm going to be 58 in freaking June this year, 58 years old. And, uh, <clears throat> you know something, Mike, I, I tell you, it's, you know, you go back and you look how stuff happens, man. I, I just – I've been really, really, really blessed with, uh, I've always tried to say that, you know, life's about, life's about firsts, you know, the first time you saw or smelled or tasted, whatever you fill in the blank with whatever you want. But, you know, the more, the more first experiences you can have, uh, the more, the more fulfilling, the more dynamic the life. And I've been really fortunate and it's been through football. Uh, you know, it's been through football uh, that has, you know, given me the platform and the, the experiences and the people that I've met along the way 
you know, Mountaineer football is 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 a big part of you know the the springboard to you know everything that I've got to experience. So that's that's the the thing in a nutshell, brother. <laughs> No, well, you, you certainly done a great job. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going to call you Joe's. For those of folks that don't know you, uh, most of, of Brian Joe's friends just simply know him as Joe's. Uh, which brings us to the next subject, Brian. <laughs> I just said I was going to call you Joe's. Right. You, you and I, you got to remember now. You, you, I wasn't. I, I didn't. They started calling me Joe's until later. It was. Uh, a lot of lot, especially guys in the locker room called me Brian. So you know, for you to call me that, Mike is is a. You know, I mean that that's a that I mean we're part of that brotherhood, and you know, but yeah, Joe's I, I that's what everybody calls me, Coach Joe's. I've I've gone by that. So uh, whatever. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. Friend, Whatever you're talking about. <laughs> well, let's talk about some other things. Right. Let, uh, let's talk about your charity events you hold in Morgantown every year. Joe's Knows Kids. Tell us about that, how it got started. Uh, I know Coach Nealon's been a big part of that. Uh, let people know what's going on with that. Mike, let me, let me ask you this. When you were there, did you ever, did you ever go over to the Children's Hospital? And visit? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, uh, that right there is the reason, the motivation behind that whole, that whole thing. I, I, I'll, I'll share it. I'll share it, the timeline real fast with you. And, and you'll know and because you were there and going over there and putting your jersey on and, and visiting kids at Children's Hospital was, you know, Don and, 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 uh, or Coach Neal and, and Miss Marianne, uh, they had that relationship. Um, they had found out uh, Miss Marianne, Coach Nealon's uh, great, great missus there. She discovered that the kids didn't have, uh, like, they weren't going to have, like, Christmas presents or something. I, I can't remember exactly what that was, but they were in need of stuff. So, they went and got a van and went to the store and filled it with stuff and took it up to the kids. And that's what sparked the relationship between Mountaineer football and the children's hospital. And we started going up there. And, and of course, the first time that I got to go, I was a true freshman and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. And cause I always, I always try to Anytime, I don't think I've ever said, no, I can't be there or I won't do that. I, I've tried to do everything anybody's ever asked me to, to be involved with, whether it be, you know, ripping off some, some words at a, at a pop water banquet or, you know, whatever, man. I, I you know, so uh, I got to go and, and I got hooked uh, seeing them kids and visiting kids. I used to go up there on my own by myself and, you know, you, you get close to families and, and you see these kids fighting the battles that they fight. And, uh, you know, something just, just sticks with you. You know, when you're out there busting your hump and you're, you're, you're tired from running some 40-yard dashes, all you got to do is think of that kid up there with all them tubes sticking in them and the battle they're fighting for their life. And that 40 didn't hurt as much no more. You know, you kind of got humbled a little bit 
kept your foot on the ground. And, uh, and I'm sure that was part of coach Nealon's, uh, ambition was for us to learn that part of it. And, uh, and so when I got finished in Kansas city, I, I decided when I got back, I got, I was good friends with Scotty Sears up there in, in Fairmont, which I was married to a girl from Fairmont at the time. So obviously we moved back and we're living in the Fairmont area. And, and I always wanted to, I, wa- I always wanted to do something for, for children's hospital to keep it, that relationship going. And of course the relationship with Mountaineer football and, 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 you know, to stay, to stay always relevant, you know, I mean, dude, we, you know, we played football 30 years ago and, and yeah, that's all great, but that's like a lifetime ago. I want to do and be involved now and keep that going. And so uh, Scotty and I got together and we met with Peggy Myers, who was in her really her first year as the development coordinator at, at children's hospital back then, we all got together and, I wanted to do a golf tournament and that's how that started. So we started this golf tournament and uh, we just celebrated our 30th uh, anniversary this past summer, right before before the governor closed down West Virginia in July, we snuck our tournament in there and got our 30th in. So, uh, you know, even COVID can't hold us back, man. We kept, we kept the, the nose to the stone and got it under and, and uh, about six years ago, we started Joe's Nose Kids uh, as a vehicle to help the golf tournament. And uh, but you know, Children's Hospital is always going to be our 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 uh, our drive, man. Um, you know, my my son Thor was born there, uh, which came wow, that came full circle. We had started the tournament in '90, and. Uh, Two years later, my son was born. Well, he was born at Children's Hospital because of complications with our pregnancy. And after a month, I had been on the road. I was coaching at Wesleyan down there in Buchanan. And uh, I got back from a recruiting trip about a month. We were in January. He was born December 23rd. And I got back from a recruiting thing in in, the middle of January. And my wife said, there's something wrong with Thor. And I said, what's going on? And I got in there and, and he was like, uh, like he couldn't catch his breath, like panting, you know, and I freaked out and I called somebody and they said, you got to get him to Children's Hospital now. So we got in the car and we drove a kid doing about 200 mile an hour, flying up I-79, <laughs> got him to Children's Hospital. He was admitted and he was diagnosed with uh, RSV, which is a respiratory virus uh, and can be fatal with infants a uh, matter of fact we were in uh we were at, we were in children's hospital now as parents with a newborn in in intensive care icu and you know now you're on the different side of it i mean i had been part of the telethon i've been part of all kinds of things along the way i hosted the on on the tv telethon uh i i was I was part of, you know, I've been part of it all along. And then all of a sudden here I am, you know, living it as a parent and uh, to see it from the inside and really see what them people are about and what they do with them kids every day. You know, it just, it just, it solidified that, that relationship. And uh, so Joe's Nose Kids came about 
and and that's what we're trying to do keep that relationship going you know keep keep the awareness and and you know they got a new building going up now there and you know to see that happen and you know, being a part of that we're involved now with the Haas Foundation you know Hostetler and his relationship with Children's Hospital I mean he sits on the board of directors uh, for that hospital system and and uh, you know we're we're out there and and the you know, just trying to make it, uh, you know, the best that we can make it for the kids of that area, man, so that they got great health care. So. Well, you certainly meet to be commended for that, big man. And uh, for those of you who don't know, he made a reference to Hoss. Uh, Jeff Hosteller, former uh, outstanding quarterback at West Virginia, uh, went on to play in a couple Super Bowls hey, in the NFL. one one uh, one I mean, one, he, yeah. He was uh, the quarterback, and he won the game. That's when Phil Sims got hurt. Yeah, one. The Giants. Yeah, well, he right. One of the tough. Good. I, I was just gonna say one of the toughest football players you will ever see. Uh, at quarterback, well, so he he married. Had for those that don't know, he married Don <laughs> Nealon's daughter. Yeah, he did. So uh, he, uh, but he's been a great part of. Uh, people in Morgantown. And let me let me add something else, Brian. For those that, that don't really know it, uh, Don Nealon was much more than a football coach. Oh. Uh, he, he instilled values, even though I was only there a short time, that I still use today. Uh, I still thank the cook for the meal. Yep. You know, uh, wasn't that a standard oh, yeah. practice? When you went through the line, you, you you always better. thank the cook. You and better. That, that's right. And and, and, uh, and and all that. All right. Everybody. You better. You better express gratitude. Yeah. yeah and, and he was, you know, a, a strict disciplinarian, but he uh, hey. was fair. Hey, Mike. Uh, I I still to this. I got yes. to cut you off. I just got to say this before I lose it. Okay, you ready? If I I'm had. Ready. A dollar for the number of times I was greeted in the hallway with in my office, Josiak. <laughs> I, I could, I, <laughs> I love Coach Neilan. You know, <laughs> he tolerated me. Uh, but you know what? He, he never, like you just said, he instilled and he never gave up on anybody. Uh, now there'd be a time where he'd have to maybe cut loose if you couldn't, you know, turn the corner. And God knows the number of times he could have cut me loose. But you know, he 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 kept pounding away and chiseling away. And you know, some of us hardheads, it takes a lot of chiseling. And he never gave up on it. And you know, he's a lifelong friend now. But what he meant to so many guys he instilled like you said those life lessons man and, and you know my wife's like why do you always thank the cook and i said look like just like you said you better have thanked him you better have said you know that's the best looking whatever i've ever seen i've ever tasted uh so i, well, I, I thank coach let me that. ask you something and uh, he why do you think, why do you think, what, what is so significant about that? 
how can uh, I guess what I'm asking well, is what makes it so significant in the grand scheme of things in in whatever organization you're in or whatever. What's the message? Well, the message to me is uh, just appreciation. Well, take it a uh, step further. It's it's the fact that if you want to be really good, we all matter. From from the guy that's, you know, my dad always said, no matter where you are, you make sure you make friends with the guy that's got all the keys. <laughs> that's okay. that's a great so, thing. The point is, is as as football players, we are the we're the finished product. We're the commodity, or whatever you want to call. It. We're the ones that that run out on the field and do the battle and get all the glory. But we can't do it without the training staff, without the 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 um, the, the cafeteria staff the cleaning staff, the weight room staff, the, the physician, we, we can't do it without everybody and everybody matters and everybody needs to be thankful for the job, whether it's the job emptying the wastebasket or the job calling the play, whatever we all matter and, and feel significant. I'm going to do a damn good job of, you know, ladling out that food because they appreciate me, you know, instead of just dumping on people and, and, you know, thinking from status and well, I'm all this and, and I'm all that, you know, you better stay grounded and realize the message, man. And the message is we all matter. And, and that's a great way to put it, Brian. And, and you know, if nothing else, Coach Nealon would keep oh, you humble. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I got called into his office one day, <laughs> believe it or not, and he he had a huge box of chocolates somebody had given. And he was eating one, and he gave me the finger, oh, you know, the, the not the finger, finger the, the come here <laughs> finger. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he, broke, he was a quarterback. To come here. So, everybody knows this. And if you've ever looked really close down on his right hand, his his index finger points south. <laughs> All right, so right. Okay, anyway, yeah, it's it, it, sort of an inside joke. Was like, yeah, are you pointing at me? Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, he called me in his office, and he said, "Mike, get a chocolate." And I thought, "Are you kidding me? You're on me all the yeah, time yeah. about my weight." And you want me to eat a chocolate. So I thought, I thought, okay. So I picked the chocolate up and he said, he had been to a alumni meeting or something the night before. And he said, I just can't understand something. Maybe you can help me with this. I said, what's that coach? You know, here I am a freshman. This guy's asking me what I can help him with. He says, you're one of my most ask about players, most popular players on this team when I go into public and I just cannot understand why <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's the coach. I don't know. I, I don't understand either. He said, 
get you yeah. another piece. Yeah, yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah. But but let's let's that's classic oh, Coach Neyland. Yeah, but oh man. Well, let's let's turn the page a little bit, Joe. Uh, I, I ask I ask on uh, Facebook if anybody had any questions they wanted me to ask you, and I I did get a question. <laughs> From a guy named from a guy named Timmy, Timmy. Ag, homeboy, the, the hitman. He's from Maryland. And, uh, oh, great guy! But his his question was, what? How important was the weight program to you in developing your success? Oh, God. Huh. In the game of football, strength punishes and speed kills. And when you have a combination of strength and speed, you have a chance of being a pretty decent football player at that level. And, you know, Mike, coming out of high school, you got to remember now, I I was in high school in the late 70s. There were no real gyms going on. You know, Gold's Gym had a place. Uh, They were just starting up, you know, because of – you know, the Schwarzenegger movement in the 70s and all that. But, uh, you know, lifting weights was frowned upon. You get muscle bound and all that crud that everybody didn't really understand. And So I didn't really lift weights. You know, I was what we used to call the country strong. You know, I could dig a hole and, and chop wood and throw stuff around. And, and you know, I worked in a landscape uh business in in maryland landscaping yards and throwing bags of you know so i was a strong kid but weight room strength buddy i got to west virginia as a true freshman there and i couldn't do 225 one time couldn't get it off my chest okay yeah uh, really was, well, go ahead. That, what's interesting what's interesting about that what's interesting is about that is i've seen you lift 505 pounds i think it was yeah buddy and that right. took, I took, uh, yeah, how was it? I took five years, four and a half years to do it. Uh, you know, and Al Johnson, you know, we got lucky, man. Al, Al Johnson was our strength coach during them years, and he was so far his uh, game, and he understood so much about strength training and, and speed development and, uh, you know, eating and what we ate and how much we ate uh, and, you know, the, the supplements and, and all that crap, you know, it was, it was just fun to be around because, you know, we were always working to, to, to get it, man. And we trained hard, we lifted hard. Uh, and, and quite frankly, you know, what it does to the confidence level, you know, you're, you're, first of all, you're building the armor, uh, to enable you to go out there and, and do the battle. Uh, but it's also injury preventative. It's, it's, you know, you're going to beat your body up and you're going to beat it up. And, you know, the, the stronger you are, the, the more you can take and handle. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just, if you look at, I was in that, that magazine, bigger, faster, stronger one year, 85, my senior year. And if you look at the progression uh, of numbers, you know, you got to remember, though, I never lifted weights. I never trained like that. 
so for me the i never even began to scratch the surface today you know the kids are doing doing so much in high school and even before that that you know they're so far ahead of it when they get to college uh you know you just it's amazing you know back in my day you know we didn't do that so uh i was able to i was able to just you know basically continually get strong all the way through until I blew my hip up, you know, the way I, you know, I just, it it was just, it was fun, man. And, and, and again, the strength and, and speed and stamina, uh, you know, that, that just creates the, the warrior in my opinion, because now, you know, I go out there on that field and there's nobody that's, that's going to, get in my way that I'm not going to do battle with. And if I get my hands on you, you know, I didn't have the greatest technique, but you know, if I got my hands on you, I was going to try to put you on the ground. Well, I'm, I'm certainly aware (laughs) of that big man. You, uh, you, uh, you know, I'm sure you don't remember this, but the first game we played Louisville and in the warmups, uh, you were kind of scary, man. You had that look in your eye that uh, somebody was going to get hurt. And as we lined up to warm ups, nobody <laughs> would get in front of you. And uh, I'm sure you don't remember this, but I, I thought, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm a big high school star. You know, I've been through camp. I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team. Well, I took one. You literally threw me I weighed 300 pounds you threw me I took one step we were on the goal line and I went out of the back of the end zone (laughs) and what's funny what's funny about that is I come back I looked into the other guys like all right who's next and I got that you know not me look (laughs) yeah you go ahead which brings me to another subject Joe. I you talk about recruiting trips and stuff. I actually took a, a, a game day trip to Virginia Tech. Now, I didn't like Virginia Tech. Uh, I had no intentions of going right. there, but you guys were playing there. And you were playing a guy by the name of Bruce Smith. And oh man, what an epic battle. Yeah. Uh I got I got the I got the lock horns with him, you know, two years. Two years in a row, and I—I uh, th- I think in the grand scheme of things, uh, I mean, now you got to remember now. And I and that was a, that was a solid rivalry, you know. Whether you were playing down there in Blacksburg or you were playing in Morgantown, you know, West Virginia, Virginia Tech—that West Virginia, Virginia uh, rivalry thing—and Blacksburg just down, you know, being over the border down there. Uh, you know that was a fun that was a fun game to play, and that was always a brutal game. It's a lot like the Maryland game or the or the the Pitt game. You know, you knew those were going to be dog fights, and uh, you know, of course, Bruce Smith, you know, Outland Trophy, great great Buffalo Bills player. You know, we we hit him with everything we got. Okay, you know, I I I had the majority of the contact, but we were chipping with Scotty Barrows and Rob Bennett and Ron Wolfley. You know, we were we, we didn't mess around. We made sure that, that that guy took a beating. And on the backside, you know, if the play was going away, I was cutting his legs out 
like a like a madman. And he hated that. He hated Jin. He had that real high pitched voice to be like, "Man, get off my legs, man!" And, and, oh, we just we just battled him. <laughs> and I think I think I took, I think I had like a hundred and like a hundred and seventy something snaps against him. And I think I was charged with a half a sack. And uh, and that that battle. Along with a few others, but that that you called it an epic battle. I think that's one of the uh, main uh, reasons why I was I was you know voted in as as an All American that you know those two years because of the battles I got to have. But they messed with me, man. And I'm, I'm when we were playing Virginia Tech, they and I say they, I'm talking about coaches and and and. Uh, I'd show up at, at the facility building there and, and one of the gals would be, Brian, you have a message. And I'd go over and I'd get one of them little pink messages. No kidding, man. And I'd get this pink message and it would say, you know, while you were out, you know, and it would say, Bruce Smith called, said he'll be here on Saturday to kick your ass. And I'd be like, <laughs> and then I'd go down and I'd find a little note in my locker. Oh, they jerked me around for the whole week. By the time we were getting to play with that, now uh, that game that you saw down there, that would have been was that the '83 or the four '84 game? That would have been uh, that would have been '83. I believe no, it would have been '84 because I was a recruit. Yeah, I'm losing you Still for there? some reason. I can hear you plain as day, bro. Nah, it's something How like about a, now? It almost sounds like uh, you're running your fingers up and down a washboard. Yeah, that clean. How about now? All right. Say it again. What okay. Uh, I'll, I, that would have been the 84 game you was asking uh what game it was. You were a junior That's and right. Bruce Smith was a senior, I believe. That, uh, and uh, we played, uh, we had them at home. Um, and then we played them 84 was down there. Right. Yeah. That was epic, man. Right. I love that word. That was great. I, I'll tell you what, man, for 285 pounds, he had the fastest first step maybe I've ever seen, but that 84 season, I played against five like five All-Americans that year. And uh, I basically... Wow. I mean, I had good games against all of them. And and probably the one that gave me the most fits, you know, that Bruce Smith was a was a, a tough one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was as good as they come. You know, but uh, Bill Moss up there at, at Pitt, uh, who ended up being my, my locker mate in Kansas City, uh, you know... Uh, that big old Bruce Mesner, he was he was from Maryland. Uh, uh, Bill Pickell was at Rutgers. Uh, Tim Green, that might have been the toughest player I've ever played against. Tim Green, that deep tackle at Syracuse. Yeah, I forgot about Tim Green. Dude. Yeah, I guy, forgot about him. You know, you look at him and you go, man, he's small. You know, he's only like two, four, six. And and I'd be like, you know, man, I'm a rag doll, this guy. And he was so quick and relentless. 
relentless. If you weren't on your A game, I can I can remember being in the in the film room. I know this is a little sidebar. I'm sorry, but we were talking about Bruce Smith, but uh, oh, we're in the film room, and I'm I'm getting ready to play Tim Green. You know, back then they didn't have a whole lot of, you know, you couldn't go to your computer and watch. You had to go sit in the film room and watch film. You know, the old projector. And I was trying to figure out. I was right. trying to figure out. You know something that would give me an advantage and I, I watched film after film and finally i'm looking at this at this thing i was looking with his feet his feet were doing something so i got dave mcmichael who was the line coach and he sat down with me and i said i said coach watch this with me for a minute and see what you think and together we discovered his his foot alignment and it was so subtle but it was enough and it was consistent enough. And buddy, when we got into the game, I started using that little tip and I knew where he was going before he was going there. And it gave me a distinct advantage. Otherwise he was so quick. Mike, you'd get into him. I can remember. I think I thought I had a great block one time. I mean, you know, I got him and all of a sudden I hear number 72, Tim green on the stop. You're like what the hell i thought i blocked him but if you if you <laughs> let him go for a second he was on the ball and of course he had a great career with uh the atlanta falcons only he was a linebacker for them uh because of his quickness he was you know he was so out of position at on the d-line but he was so quick he wreaked havoc and you know he's in he's in pretty bad shape now he's got als yeah uh, oh, I didn't know that he was, uh, I saw a piece that was done on him recently. You know, he's a lawyer, uh, road scholar guy, uh, accomplished author. And I, I think it's, that might not be ALS. It might be Parkinson's. He's got, he's got something that's, that's, that's working on him pretty hard. Uh, it's getting older stuff's tough, man. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I've had this conversation with other people. Uh, we all mm-hmm. paid to play the game, right? Uh, uh, it might not be LA, ALS or it might not be Parkinson's, but it's in your case, you blew out a hip. Uh, arthritis, uh, everybody's had knee surgery, uh, shoulder surgeries. I mean, it's just uh, – and I tell people, you know, the average fan sees the game from yep. Saturday at one to Saturday at four. Uh, they don't see like you were talking about the hours in the weight room, uh, the guys doing rehab. Uh, and I'm not throwing that up or being facetious about it. I, I'm honored that I got to see the inside of how things work, but uh, there's a whole lot more to it than grabbing a bag of popcorn and a, and a, a beer and, oh, well, and that's, watching the you game. Know, the fan, the fan, he, they get the luxury of of seeing the the product, of seeing the the finished product. You know, all the work that goes in behind the scenes is 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 relentless. It's it's nonstop, and and you know the body, the body takes a beating, uh, and you know. I, I got pains that I feel sometimes that are, you know, I mean, you know, you, you beat it up. 
I wouldn't trade one day of it. All right. All all the all the great all you know, I guess I'm really I'm I'm really fortunate sitting here right now because I can honestly say to you that I've lived a life that to this point I, I if I could go back and change anything, I, I don't I don't know if I'd want to because it changes other outcomes and I like where I'm at. And I like, I like looking back on even the toughest stuff. And I've been through some rough patches in my lifetime. Holy mackerel, some really rough patches. And I've been, you know, to the highest peaks as well. And, and all that in between, I wouldn't want to change. I wouldn't want to change nothing. brother. Uh, but you know, the body and the beating it takes, the one that the one that worry not worries me, but the one that that kind of is is the the micro concussions the 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 CTE uh, stuff that's going on with the with the head and uh, you know the brain and you know the number of times you know we used to call it getting your eggs scrambled or you know you know like the the cartoon where he goes you know and and you shake it off. And, uh, you know, the number of times I had legitimate concussions, uh, you know, that's the one that kind of makes me go, ooh, uh, because of, of, you know, the, the potential of that. Um, but, you know, again, to, it- to, to say that, I, you know, I do it all over again exactly the same way, uh, you know. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. You know, as an offensive lineman at the college level and at the pro level, the hands came into play quite a bit. But also, at that time, weren't we taught but to lead with a, the crown of your head? Three-point triangle. The butt of the head, the butt of the helmet. And the, the heels of the hands, and we hit with a hat and hands triangle. And, and buddy, let me tell you something. You're right. Uh, with, with the neck that I built and the skull thickness of a Joe's Weak, uh, my, my head was a weapon. Uh, I knocked the living crap out of people by headbutting them. Uh, you know, when I, when I hit, you know, that, that, that force, uh, you know, again, the number of times that I got neck burns because I'd hit with my head and my head would snap. I got, I got damage in my left thumb, uh, numbness that comes from a, a burner I used to get in that left trap. Uh, but I hit with my head and, you know, I try to knock you out, dude, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I'm I quite I'm quite well aware of that big man. Uh, I didn't care what the play was on the first play of any game I played in. Man. Just give me the give me the snap count because I'm gonna hit the guy in front of me and I'm gonna unload <laughs> on this cat with everything I got and and make. You know, I was pretty successful with that most of the time, except for for one. I I got the one guy. 
my senior year, you remember Mike Fox? Well, not remember, but Mike Fox. Mike Fox. Oh, yeah, sure. He was a tough guy. Six, seven. Yeah. At that time, he had to be about 240. Looked like a beanpole. And everybody touted him as being all this and all that. Right. And I was a senior, and I'm going to welcome this guy into college football. It's our first day of, you know, we're at camp two days, and it's our first day of Oklahoma's, and we're going to tear it up. And I saw Mike Fox was getting up in there, and I said, get out of my way. I said, I got this kid. And, Mike, I loaded up, man, and I, I took it right to 10. And I hit him with everything I had. And he stood me straight up in my stance and was, like, giggling. And I said, good God almighty, there's something <laughs> wrong with this cat, man. He is, he's a whack job. And of course, you know, his career is, is unprecedented, man. He, he did, he did what he did. Uh, but that he stood me straight up. Very few, very few did that. And, uh, oh, he was a true freshman. Hey, he would have been a true yeah, freshman buddy. too. And, and let me tell you, he only had one speed. He didn't have, he didn't have none, nothing than his, his, his tack was off the charts all the time. Yeah, buddy. Great player. Mm. Yeah, he sure was. Yeah, I, I had the privilege of uh, going against him in some freshman scrimmages. Uh, yeah, so, he, he, yeah, yeah he, he was a tough, tough guy to block. But uh, a lot of a lot of great players come out of West Virginia, man. Good, a lot yeah. of tradition. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And, and like you said, you, you guys – were the foundation, uh, you know, there were glory years in the past. Uh, some of the Freddie Wyatt teams, yep. built, you know, Sugar Bowl, 1954. Uh, and I'm going yep. uh, to have some of those guys on. Uh, uh, I've talked to Coach Bowden about being coming on, but some of those older guys are old school and they're not quite up with the technology. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but, Truly, Coach Nealon, the new stadium, uh, well, he, in, he was on. lucky enough to inherit a quarterback in Oliver Luck. Nope. How about that? No, nope. still still sound. How about now? With that. I don't know what that is. I hear you perfectly fine. Maybe somebody calling in. No. Nope. How about now? Still not I don't good. Know what's going on, brother? Help. I can. I can. Can I you hear me hear now? You, but it's kind of funky. There you go. That cleaned it up. How about now? I moved my phone. Uh, what I was saying was, Coach Nealon set the foundation. He had a new stadium. He had. Uh, uh, yep. A, he inherited a quarterback and Oliver Luck. Uh, yep. his next quarterback was Jeff Hosteller. Uh, he had a offensive line, uh, especially, uh, oh, your junior year, yeah. I would say, uh, Barrows, Dejanet, Leg. Uh, yeah, I think Kirk you played Kittle. left tackle as a Kirk junior, Kittle didn't you? Yeah, 
Kurt Keel play. Yeah, that was, that was uh, a good bunch. Uh, he came. Yeah, he came along. We played, we played like with that um, too, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, from the from the time absolutely. he took over, absolutely he took over. He's got Daryl Talley, Jeff Seals, Todd Campbell, you know, and and the Steve Newberries and 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 the Timmy Ages and all those guys, and and into the you know the Fred Smalls, Brad Hunt. Uh, that era and the Matt Smiths. I mean, we, we can name them. You know, we've always had, you know, we've always had stout defense. Uh, you know, and like you said, man, he 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 got on the recruiting stick, and he brought in players that were gonna, you know, play within the philosophies of what we were trying to do. And uh, you know that that, and then you know to be there twenty years and. And all the guys after us, uh, you know that that's a great uh, that's a great time, man. Great time. Yeah, he 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 told me once his philosophy on recruiting was he would never sign a kid that he didn't think he yep. could win a championship with a national championship with. Hey, you and, know, uh, know back then too, you know I can uh, remember seeing a. I think it was in Donnie Young's office. He was the recruiting coordinator and such. And, and I can remember being in, in – it was either in his office or in one of them meeting rooms, but there was a map. And it, it, had, a, it had a pin in Morgantown, and it had a big circle drawn around it. And that circle was like a 350-mile circumference. And that was their targeted – uh, zone that's you know from Jersey and and Maryland and Virginia and PA and Ohio and West Virginia and and then of course you had the Doc Holiday pipeline down in Florida, uh, but the majority of our guys back then were you know within that seven or eight states, uh, and you know I I. I there ain't nothing like what it, the, and I try our, our fans, Mountaineer fans are, are wonderful. All right. We're pretty finicky now anymore because we expect, you know, a certain product or, or whatever. But when you go back into the early eighties, those, those, I mean, buddy, we were, they were tearing golf. They were tearing goalposts down. They were, rushing the field i listened to a thing the other day uh a piece a little tribute about a four minute thing on youtube uh commemorating coach kneeling and it's just audio did you hear that did yeah i saw hear that the freaking I did. crowd at that pen the, the 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 boston college game they were talking about the the goalposts were coming this was 84 when we beat doug flutie he West Virginia, he never beat West Virginia. Right, only college team he never beat. You're right, zero and four, four years in a row. All right, whatever. And when we beat him in '84, and and our the you, I can't even tell you. Well, you know, you've been there, but the sound was so that it made your insides hurt. It, it vibrated your body so bad. It was like that scene from <laughs> the Incredible Hulk when they hit him with those 
those subsonar freaking wavelengths. I mean, it was so loud. It was unbelievable, man. 65,000 people. You know, it's a, it was the third largest city in the state of West Virginia. And it people, I mean, that, that West Virginia Penn State right. game, hey. 84. Nobody sat down for four quarters. People were on their feet screaming for four quarters. It was incredible. I mean, that's the way I remember it. And, and you know, the it was like it, it was like being a rock star, man. And, you know, to give the Mountaineer fan our best, you know, that's what Coach Nealon always preached to us, man. You're 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 fighting for every West Virginian out there. That guy going down in the ground digging coal, you know, that that guy running UPS boxes up and down them hillsides. You're doing this for them, man, you know, because West Virginia, unique as it is, you know, and I appreciate those guys down there in Huntington. <clears throat> don't get me wrong, but, you know, you don't have a pro team. You got one major football team back then. I mean, Doc's doing a great job down there this year, obviously, and, and what he's done at Marshall. But, you know, West Virginia's Mountaineer football's it. Yeah, Doc. Doc was You're doing it for them. Doc was just named Coach of the Year today, Brian. Uh, Doc was just named Coach of the Year uh, in the region, NCAA, and whatever region they're in. Well deserving. Yeah. Well deserving. Not the. Yeah, he, he's done a great job. Uh, let's back up just a little bit. You talked about the defense. Uh, you know, Coach Nealon always said, yep, if they yep. punch you 49 times, we'll punch them 50 or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, another great memory. Uh, uh, but part of those teams, part of the success, in my opinion, in a way, was a man by the name of Dennis Brown. Uh, was a defensive coordinator, had come from Michigan, under Jim Beckler, with Coach Nealon. And uh, I believe was the Big Ten Offensive yep. Player of the Year when he was quarterback at Michigan. Uh, but a guy that oh, uh, that had his no stuff doubt. together. Would you no agree doubt. with that? And, and what and, are your thoughts? You know, uh, you could start right up in the front there with you know a D line coach like Bill Kalavich. Uh, you know, and and you know Steve Dunlap, absolutely Doc Holliday, and you know uh, uh, Coach McCullough, Bob Simmons, uh, Bob all those Simmons. Guys. Uh, McConnell, you know, the DB coach. Uh, but, but yeah, Denny Brown was, was relentless, man. He was ruthless yeah. in the fact that, you know, we built a defense. We played a nose guard front, uh, you know, the 50 kind of a front, three, four, whatever you want to call it today, I guess. But we always had a nose guard. And, uh, you know, we, we, we did so much and we attacked the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, we, we, we put guys in position to win and uh, you know, we always had tough defense because, because, you know, the offensive philosophy was, you know, you might, you might go in there and win a game 10, seven. Okay. Because the offense that we ran, I mean, we used to get busted on all the time because it was like three yards in a cloud of dust. And, you know, we were meat grinders. Um, you know, right. we're going to break one. 
you know, that's why when we when we started throwing the ball a little bit, you know, play our play action passing, uh, you know, that's what the '83 pit game we shook off a 15 year drought, you know, because of of Hostetler and his ability to to throw the ball and run play action passes, and uh, and you know, anyway, the, I guess the point is is that you know we had to have great defense because. Sometimes, you know, yeah, we might we might score 24 or 28. Our, I think our goal was 28 points a game. But we won many games because we scored just enough and held them that they didn't score more than us, you know. And and we played great defense, uh, you know. And, and that goes to the recruiting, too. You know, we always, we always recruited, uh, you know, excellent defenders. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, one of the hardest, if not the hardest hit I ever took was from a friend of ours, Derek Christian. Uh, Played inside linebacker, you know, old country boy. Uh, Give you that, (laughs) you know, I'm about to go to sleep type. And then he would absolutely – he hit me so hard that I literally was looking out my ear hole. And that's just not just a – a football term. He spun yeah, my helmet around and put me on my knee. Uh, and I, and what's funny about that, Brian, is I thought I had him. I, I, you know, I took one step, took two steps, loaded the guns back, get ready to take the hit. Well, I mean, and you know, before I could touch him, I was on my knee. Three, two forty. Yes, uh, that's a pretty stout inside linebacker. Uh, you know, and, and he just. Yeah, he he could play, man. He could deliver a hit. Well, he hit he hit that damn uh, Kenny Davis down there in that blue bonnet bowl and broke his femur. Yeah, yeah. And he All right. was that him? Leg, yeah, he hit him in the upper body, and he hit him so hard it snapped. The <laughs> femur. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, Derek. Derek was and like you wow. said, he looked like he was falling yeah, asleep. He- and just hit you so damn hard, knock your feelings out, man. Oof. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, you know, but that's the way we were all like. But it, you, you, you couldn't, you couldn't be part of Mountaineer football if you weren't tough, hard hitting, and and could handle that part of it. Uh, you couldn't be part of the program because that's what we did. That's that's what they all did. We we I mean that, you know. You're either like that or, or you're not going to last. I mean, that's, you know, that's the way those seniors, when we when we got there and, and every year after that, you know, that, that group of seniors demanded that. So. And there was a, at that time, there was a sign that hung in the locker room door that, or on the wall that said, uh, I can't remember exactly what the word said. Uh, looking for, uh, we held a special yep. place in our heart for Pitt, yep. Penn State, and Maryland. Do you remember that? And uh, again, when I, 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 you know, of course, before I signed, I went to a million games there, and I'll never forget the Maryland team coming out of the locker room, and they all, to a man, looked like they could bench press uh, the bus. Uh, Bobby, you're also oh, yeah. one of the early strength programs oh, yeah. in they college all, football. Is that not right? Hard. Uh, 
I ended up being a teammate in Kansas City with Pete Koch. And uh, Pete, he was the Swede in uh, Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Remember that movie? Swede. Well, he was he was a defensive oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, J.D. Martelveld and, and Charlie Wysocki and and uh, that that bunch, that that early 80s bunch, their their strength coach. You remember seeing their strength coach look like an animal. Guy had real long hair. Right. I didn't know his name, but I Wazoo. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, they were they were they were cutting edge too. Uh, you know, but again, remember that you know, that, that early eighties, uh, you know, coming through that window of time, you know, it was like it was a rat race to see who could outdo who. You know. And, and you know, interesting, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a conversation with Al Johnson once and, uh, about it came out in the press that of the hundred and some players on the roster, something like 85 of them bench pressed 300 pounds and uh, 50 of them pressed 400 or more pounds. And, you know, so many guys, uh, I don't think you had went over 500 yet, but so many guys were right there. And Al told me that he got a lot of kickback from other coaches around the country because their head coaches read that article and said, why aren't our guys yeah, doing this? you got to remember, man, Al was ahead of his time. We, we, were, doing, we were doing stuff. We, were, we had, you know, we, we were using chains and bands. And we were harnessed up to his pickup truck, pushing and shoving. Uh, we were we were doing things with with weight training. I mean, I can remember doing aerobics for the first time ever, and aerobics wasn't even around yet. You know, Coach Nealon, we got up in there and and we started doing aerobics with this girl. We thought it was funny, and in the first ten minutes, I thought I was going to die. You know, and you remember that? <laughs> I was there. I was I was there, big man. I, I thought, the, yeah, I thought the same thing. Uh, this little gal is uh, in here with all these big, tough football players, and you're right. She about killed us. Radio, and, and Coach Jim was like, we're going to try something new, fellas. We were up there in that, in that, <laughs> in that rubber room, that whatever room that was, he called it. And, and son of a gun, man, my stomach hurts so bad. It's like, what the hell's going on? So I'm just saying that, that we just, we were ahead of, we were ahead of the game, man. And we ate, oh my God, I bet I ate 10, 12,000 calories a day. Uh, I mean, we just, we trained hard, man. It was good stuff. Well, I, I tell you what, this has been good stuff too, Brian. Uh, I hope Everybody, to have you on again. I hope to have you on again, man. We I'm can. Glad uh, I'm glad uh, you found something you enjoyed doing. And uh, you know, you, you it, it's cool because you know you never know who's listening. That's the fun part. Is is somebody's out there? You know, you never know who's listening.
Yeah, I actually saw where I had a listener from the Ukraine or somewhere. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And and I think it's awesome that, you know, I mean, you know, you fought your... You fought your battle. You you fight your battle every day, and uh, that's impressive. And you stay in the fight, and you keep doing what you're doing. Well, appreciate it, brother. And and like you said earlier, uh, there's there's people worse off uh, than I am. I, I recognize that. I'm happy where I'm at. Well, uh, but but this show is about you, my man, and. Uh, uh, we'll have you back on. We can talk about uh, different things, different aspects of Mountaineer football, Florida football. Uh, I just got a million questions, and uh, we'll put this out to Mountaineer Nation, and maybe we'll have some other people ask questions. Now, look, I'm a low-budget show, Brian. <laughs> However, you do win a prize. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you do what? win a prize. Hey, and you, you what, get to pick was, between box A and whoever, box B. Whoever sends you in a question or something like that, you get you get them the prize. Well, Tim Agee right. sent the question in, so I'm going to have him on as well, so he'll have his chance. So, so it, it's my show, and yeah. I get to give you a prize. You, you ready? Box A or box B? <laughs> No, that's I, I know what's in them. Uh, I'll take uh, I'll take it. Box A. Well, first let me tell you what you didn't win. Box B had a lifetime supply what? of Kansas City steak. Oh. Oh my God, that's what you didn't win, man. I'm what? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the other box. The other box, here's what you get. You get the hand stamp what? from Fat Daddies. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know where they you stamp have, your hand? You swear you have a hand stamp from Fat Daddies. Oh, my God. Well, oh no, my I won't God. swear to it. Well, you know. It's a... It's a well, I wasn't even sure. I, I wasn't even I, sure I had the name of the, the right in, name. In '81, it was still called Fridays, and then it turned to Fat Daddies. Of course, it was Fat Daddies for a lot of years. But uh, you know, me and Jack and Brad, we all bounced up there, man. That 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 was the the football player haven. Uh, yeah, that was. That, that, thanks, man. I'll go to bed with that memory. Yeah. Oh, we had some. We had I some thought that might you know, might bring back some yeah, memories. Yeah, so, you know. Wow. See, that's the other thing too is you know these you know we got to go, we got to go when Sunnyside was still rolling and and uh, oh man that that was just such a great time, such a great experience. Uh, yeah, great memories, great Mountaineer memory. I appreciate the walk down memory lane tonight, Mike. That was. That was enjoyable. I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, buddy. I've enjoyed it too, and and uh, we were teammates and friends. I've known I've known you almost forty years, and uh, you know you were a 
Yeah, you you were you were a person that, uh, as a young player, you know, you aspire to reach that level. And I can remember being in the huddle and thinking, you know what? Eight months ago, I was watching yep. these guys now beat Penn State. In. You know, and and now, I, now right here, I'm I'm looking these guys in the eye, and uh, you know they're oh, calling buddy. big boy plays, and they expect you to be a big boy. And uh, you know, real quick before we go, I'll tell you this: I, one of my early lessons was. We ran a play where I had to pull and hit Wes yeah. Turner, uh, six foot yeah, yeah, five, yeah. two hundred and ninety pound outside linebacker, and an athlete. I mean, not not just a big man. And I thought, you know what? Again, not cocky, but you know, I had some credentials, and I weighed three hundred pounds myself. And I pulled down the line, and there stood West. And it was like running into a brick wall. And he just laughed and oh, patted West me on the butt and sent me back to the huddle. West, West uh, Turner, he didn't play no games, man. He he was he, he was broke his he, he, Oh yeah. Well, you, did hey, he break Troy Stratford's arm on a Scott kickoff? Saylor? You remember yeah. you remember when he snatched Scott Saylor's eyeball out of his socket? Yes. Oh my god. Oh no, we're ball. No, no, that wasn't on the team it, then. It was I, out of I, control, I, man. And, and Scott and, and West are going at it. I mean, it was getting pretty. Scott Sailor pushed him or something, pushed him and, and uh, friggin' uh, uh, West turned around and said, I'm gonna get you. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a play, you hear this blood curdling scream. Well, friggin' West went up in there and jammed his fingers up in, in Sailor's eyeball and it like popped out of its socket. It was evolved. Oh shit, man. It oh I didn't mean to cuss up. Oh my gosh. And, uh, oh my gosh. It, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> uh it was true. No, you're yeah, fine. West Turner wasn't no joke, man. I'm telling you, they didn't that that's you get back on that defense stuff. They didn't recruit yeah. no no wimps. <laughs> nah. Nah. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Short, short, a, a great experience yeah. in my life to uh, go against some of those guys and go against you. Consensus sure. All-American, uh, a man with a big heart, Joe's Nose Kid, his, uh, his charity event right. he holds every year in Morgantown, and we're going to promote that on here. July 16th. Especially as it gets closer. July so, 16th. Uh, I, I follow you on, July 16th. I follow you on Facebook. And as it gets closer, I'll just insert you as a sponsor. Uh, but because I can do that, Jason. And uh, it, it's, it's uh, as a man told me, uh, right. I guess you'd call him our producer. He told me it was my show. That's so right. until, until he reins me in, I'll just keep on plugging. So uh, our next guest uh, I've got lined up are, are some of the 54 Sugar Bowl guys, uh, Gary Bunn. Uh, and also uh, an integral part of the early teams, uh, our friend Tim Agee. So uh, yeah, I, when I get done uh, with this, I'll send you the link, and uh, we'll send it out to Mountaineer Nation and let them have Appreciate a visit it, with uh, a consensus All-American. 
Sounds uh, good. You take care, brother. Appreciate you, and we'll be in All touch right. soon. You too. Stay safe. Looking for a chiropractor? Try Hill Chiropractic, Main Street Madison, and Logan. They'll treat you like family. <laughs>